Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. So, should I try to get you to how I got to the thing about the $40,000 record player? Those of you just joining us, I had been on for 10 minutes, and somehow when I hit go live, it didn't go live. I don't know why it didn't go live, but it didn't go live. And I I cannot begin to explain to you what a defeating feeling it is to roll. Like, like that was the equivalent of the power going out before you could press save. All right, that's what it was. I asked, that's, that's what it was. And I actually think it was pretty good. I think it was pretty interesting. I did a lot of build up. Now, granted, it was about record players, right? But, man, I got to get myself back in the right place because I don't know if I've ever felt that defeated. You know, like, like that was that was deflating, I have to say. It was deflating. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to look at your questions. By the way, most of you will hear this after the fact, but I'd like to wish you guys a happy Valentine's Day. I feel like we should talk about Valentine's Day a little bit because I feel like Valentine's Day has a strangely polarizing effect on people. And what I don't really understand about Valentine's Day is why does Valentine's Day make people so angry? (laughs) Like, this is a serious question about Valentine's Day. Just, Just something to think about and something to consider here. Um... Do you think Valentine's Day, for at least people over the age of, like, 14, right in that, like, really over the age of 12, but anyway, do you think Valentine's Day makes more people happy or more people sad? Like, do you think that there's a net positive effect on society based on Valentine's Day? Because I would make the argument that it's probably a net negative. It's probably a net negative. And I'd say it's probably a net negative because... The people like in relationships don't necessarily like this Valentine's Day thing. And my God, people who are not in relationships absolutely hate it, like despise it. Um, yeah, like, whoo, like it brings it out of people. So then you do have people who like absolutely love Valentine's Day, like women, for example, who love Valentine's Day as long as somebody is giving them some shit. But if it's just like if we're just talking about like other people and them getting it, there's not a lot of I'm happy for you getting this on Valentine's Day when I got nothing. People be happier for you if you got a raise and they did not than they are about you and Valentine's Day. It just brings out awful things in people. Now, I feel like we've talked about Valentine's Day on this podcast many times over the years. I dated a girl in college who told me that she considered Valentine's Day to be, quote, baby birthday, unquote. That was her thing. She really, really loved Valentine's Day. I thought it was stupid. Keep in mind that my father 
on the first Valentine's Day that he had with my mama, explained to her that Valentine's Day was a white folks holiday, and I don't think he's ever done anything for her on Valentine's Day since. All right, now the thing you got to stand, man, is my dad grew up poor, so there really wasn't no money to be, like, scraping up to put forth on no Valentine's Day stuff, right? My dad's one of ten. My mom is one of two. My daddy told her that that was a white folks holiday. Somebody here talking about that's finesse. What the hell about that is finesse? That's not finesse. Finesse is like if you do something smooth. There's nothing smooth about that. He just straw-garbed it. Yeah. Ain't no Valentine's Day. We ain't white. And he made it work. So, I mean, I guess that's the part where you say finesse is the fact that he actually made it work. But anyway, yeah, like, you know, that's what it is. But I do remember that girlfriend, man, that same Valentine's Day. She got me a bomb-ass gift, man. They had come out with the Stevie Wonder 4 CD, Close of the Century set, and she got me that. And I was like, oh, I misunderstood. Right? Like, I'm thinking that she's looking at Valentine's Day as strictly an opportunity to receive. But she was also, like, down on the giving program. And I will like to know, by the way, just about every woman that I've ever dated who made a thing about Valentine's Day always came through on their own end. Every single one of them had, right? Now, I would also like to note a couple years later, I was with that same woman, and we was in a long-distance relationship, and after talking all that baby birthday shit about Valentine's Day, she somehow didn't have time to call me on Valentine's Day. She may or may not have been with another dude. May or may not. May or may not. Which one you think it was? Because I got to guess. Anyway, um, my perspective on the whole notion of Valentine's Day actually changed at that point, right? So, no, you do not need Valentine's Day to express to someone that you feel good about them or whatever it is. But it's a cool little excuse for it. And in the end, your woman will come through for you if you come through for her. Like We got a few women that's here listening to this show right now. I imagine that some of you are into Valentine's Day. I also imagine that some of you who are into Valentine's Day really wish that you weren't here um, watching this show. And that's fine, too, right? But you are here now, and you know in your mind that if somebody had come through for you on Valentine's Day, what the hell would be going down right now at this very moment in the 9 o'clock Eastern hour? You know what it would be. Therefore, this is a win for everybody. Everybody. Fight the water, you go drown. You know what I'm saying? Like this Valentine's Day thing, all it is is the easiest money in the world. It's the easiest money in the world. She's like, yo, this is a thing for me. It is the easiest money in the world. Right. So easy. I watch people complain about this all the time. All day long, they sit on the internet complaining about what Valentine's Day is, man. With the damn CVS today, man. You know, CVS, who might as well uh, have a sign on the door that says, do you know what today is? Because I felt like the whole crowd in CVS was like, shit, that's today. Like all of them. You know what I'm saying? They all in line with a box shaped like a heart. Like every 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 single one of them trying to get that thing taken care of. Every single person. Rose man out here on the streets doing work today, dog. Rose man is doing big work today. He's like, God damn. Say, Pony, you got changed for 20. 
All right, cool. You know, like, there it is. It's here. Let people be happy, man. Let people be happy. By the same token, ladies, and this is for ladies because dudes ain't really doing this. Ladies, while you want somebody to let you be happy, why don't you calm down with that Shantae's got a man shit, huh? Like, why don't you, why don't you chill out with that? You know, you got you some flowers. Enjoy your flowers. You ain't got to throw your flowers in nobody's face. You don't. Now understand, maybe she don't like you. Maybe you don't like her. I don't know. However, when your car get keyed up, don't be acting like you don't understand how this came to be. Like, that's it. And if I've learned anything in this world, right, women love to stunt whatever their man has done for them. Love, 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 love. Perhaps nothing more in this world than to show people what they man did for them. They love it, right? So as a result, you just out here making life hard on people. Why? Because you want to show somebody something that they don't necessarily want to be seen. And then you go call them haters as a result. How'd that sound? How'd that sound? Yeah, man. So anyway, enjoy your Valentine's Day. Let people enjoy their Valentine's Day. In fact, let people not enjoy their Valentine's Day. And, by the way, um, shout out to all of you who will be perhaps receiving some form of correspondence at 10.30 p.m. as you try to decide how offended to pretend to be before you call the Uber. Just let me know. All right. To your questions. By the way, I guess you guys didn't hear this because I said it earlier. Saw Black Panther last night. I might tell you something about it. Okay, here we go. Was Black Panther really blacker than a jet magazine in the 1990s? Uh, first of all, I don't feel like the standard for blackness is jet magazine of the 1990s. I, I, I don't know if that's like the, I, I don't have like a particular era of, you know, nah. So I went to go see Black Panther and I realized kind of sort of the disconnect for me when it comes to evaluating what Black Panther is and this importance of Black Panther that has been ascribed by so many people. Like Ava DuVernay, and I've known Ava like literally like 15 years. Um, Ava was like sending out the link for that with like lift every voice and sang lyrics. And I'm like, yo, I feel like we all need to calm down right now. 
I don't, I don't feel like this is that. I don't, I don't feel like this is that. But here's the thing. I haven't been going and watching all these Marvel movies. You know, like I have not been sitting there watching all these Marvel movies, reading all these comic books and like taking in all these images where the white man is the hero every time. Like I have not been doing that. And so as a result of having not done that, I feel like there's a level of pride for people who are really into movies in general and those kind of movies in particular. I feel like there is a level of pride that they have as seeing themselves represented as the heroes. You know what I mean? So like seeing Black Panther and what Black Panther represents, there's there's something to that. There, there's something there that there's something there that I don't necessarily find to be pathetic. Because I've struggled as I've watched a lot of this with people and been like, yo, man, like. Like, do you think that movies are that important? And I'm not saying that like rhetorically or pejorative. Like, I mean that. Like, do you really think that movies are that important? Because like, this is this is taking on a life with itself. Like post Reconstruction, I can't think of any time I've seen black people this excited about something that was about to happen. Like, we wasn't sitting around like, yo, election about to come, dog. Yeah. I'm saying that to say that people are happier about this movie than they were about the black president. The black president. This dude Kyle saying the OJ verdict. First of all, Kyle, I don't even know if you black, so you might not be allowed to participate in this. In fact, I know you're not black because the only, that's the only reason you're saying that shit. Yo, it will be much easier to find a black person to say that O.J. Simpson killed those people than it will be for you to find a black person with a bad word to say about Black Panther. Let me show you I got proof on that. I think O.J. Simpson killed those people. You've heard one person right here say he thinks O.J. Simpson killed those people. You ain't about to hear a bad word about Black Panther from a single black person. I have already established this. Like, boom. Out the water, just like that, right? People charged about this, man. I went to a screening, so like this wasn't even no fancy stuff. It was just at the AMC over by Lincoln Center, and so I went to the screening, man. People in there wearing them dashikis. They got they they shirts picked out, everything. Like 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 this is such a thing for people, and I've been fascinated by watching it, just seeing people enjoy it. And I went to the movie just to really see if it was this life altering experience that everybody is saying it is. Here's what it is: it is a really, really, really good movie. Um, it is really good, and I found it to be particularly ambitious in a lot of ways, and I found it to be subversive in some ways that, like, I don't want to give anything away about the movie for none of y'all, but, I mean, if you are excited about seeing Black Panther, you will be happy from it. Like, that's what I feel like. Like, I feel like if you're excited, if you were excited about it in the first place, you will see it. Now, I again, I am not a comic book movie person. That being said... People have been kind of talking about this like they went to see it and it was like the best movie that they had ever seen. Um, it ain't The Dark Knight. Right? Like, I saw The Dark Knight and I was like, oh, 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 this is kind of incredible. And The Dark Knight was brilliant in the ways that I feel like this movie attempts to be brilliant, right? Like, there are a lot of things they're trying to work together. Um, what's the word that I'm looking for here? I don't even feel like alleg allegory is not the right way to put it, but it's parable, right? There we go. I think parable is the one that I'm going for. 
And they do it in ways that I think are really, really, really interesting, right? And it was an entertaining movie, which I think is what you ask a movie to be. I also realized, because I ain't watched that 12 Years a Slave movie, because I don't do that shit, right? But anyway, this might have been the first movie that I had seen uh, your girl Lupita in. And I'd always found Lupita to be, like, very nice looking and, like, like, like ornately beautiful. You know, like, like behind the glass case, do not touch, sort of beautiful. Yeah, no, 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 that's out the window now. Let her walk in here right now. Let her walk in here right now. I went to a party on Monday night that they said that Lupita was at. And I was like, damn, I wonder if I could find a way to make this happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I was wrong. I, I had that. I, I, don't, I don't even know what I was doing. Like, still photographs, wasn't really doing the job. Nah, nah, nah. I was, whew, gracious. Anyway, um, I will say this also about Black Panther. I understand how moved people have been from watching it on the basis of race. I actually found the portrayals of gender to be far more striking. I found the portrayal, portrayals of gender um, to be far more um, subversive. I also will raise the question is to like, whether or not something in the plot of this movie changes a little bit if this movie had not been in production while the Me Too thing was going on. Because I do feel like I can tell you this, right? So Chadwick Boseman, he in the movie, he the Black Panther. And if you run through Chadwick Boseman's IMDb page, when he found out that he was going to be the star of Black Panther, he showed up with that leather jacket and that beret. How disappointed was he when he found out that he was going to be a superhero as opposed to being Huey Newton or Eldridge Cleaver? That's how I think he was. He thought he was going to get to be Eldridge Cleaver. He got there like, yo, where the white girls at? Wait a minute. This ain't nothing, it ain't nothing but black people. I thought I was, I thought, soul on ice, fool. Don't you know who I am? I am black history. Yeah. So anyway, you know, he the prince, he the king, whatever it is. You know, he got his little thing that he's trying to get cracking with, uh, with uh, Lupita. Lupita, a spy. Now, you do understand here by the way, that that is a person in a position of power that is kind of, one could argue, exerting his power. Like, it's a romantic tale in the era of the comic book. Now, it's the kind of stuff we tell people, yo, you probably don't want to do that, uh, King. Although I don't know, like, like, is there a, like, is there a, a human resources office for the royal family? You know, like, I don't know what you do. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I thought the portrayals of gender... We're far more striking. That Michael B. Jordan character is a lot, man. Like, there's a whole, 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 whole lot going on there. A lot that is going on there. Because the villains, the people that are villains, there's black people that are villains. Uh, the people that are villains, it ain't no simplicity in them being villains. It's not. It's not like this is this is a this is this is fairly complex. Like, I mean, I think I say I thought that it was a pretty good movie. Now, to answer the question that it started me answering this in the first place, the question that I received was, is Black Panther blacker than a 90s uh, issue of Jet magazine? And this is what I'm going to tell you. I feel like I can tell you this without ruining any level of the plot. Um, perhaps the blackest thing in blackness is on screen in that movie. And you know what the blackest thing in blackness that is on screen in that movie is? You know what it is? You know what it is? I'm going to tell you what it is. There is a shot 
in the movie of the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck. And if you may recall from a film called Don't Be a Menace, South Central, while drinking your juice in the hood on the list of blackness and what sounded like the blackest thing that he could possibly think up, it was, in fact, the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck. So you tell me. You tell me. That's right, Jay. There, and, and by the way, that shot of the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck, there was no reason for them to take a shot of the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck. I really feel like somebody was in there like, yo, we, we can't stop the blackness here. We, yeah, the back of Forrest, yeah, get it, get it in there. Get it in there. I tell you right now, if this movie gets done and there ain't no shot of the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck, somebody getting fired and he ain't going to be in the credits. Yeah, no, you're not going to be there. We said we're going to do the blackest movie ever made. We're going to have the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck in that bad boy. Yeah, that's right. I would also like to make another note about Black Panther right fast, right fast. Um, I have seen a lot of things where people talk about, you know, people going to schools and saying that they buy tickets for, like, all the kids in the school, all the kids in a class, uh, and they talk about taking them to uh, go see Black Panther. You've seen that in the news, right? You've seen that? Um, how old are these kids? Are these kids we talking about going to go see this movie. People talking about taking seven or eight-year-old kids to go see that movie. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. That movie is ridiculously violent. Like, it is wild violent. Crazy violent. Yo, and we're not talking about cartoon violence either. This isn't no zonk. Blam. No, we're not talking about that kind of violence. We talk about people getting popped in the head violence. Yeah. Take your eight-year-olds to go see this. What the hell are they going to learn from this? Like what, are, like, what are we, like, what is it that we're going to get here? Because one thing I would argue that you could say is somewhat problematic about this is, like, if you always wanted a black Braveheart, you got your black Braveheart. Like, like, there's a lot, like, there's a lot in that realm. Like, if that's what you wanted, that's what you got. But in the name of all this positivity and all this blackness and everything else, it is fair to ask the question about whether these high levels of violence that are taking place in this movie are good things, especially if you're talking about let's go send the kids this so they can see what's cracking out here. You see what I'm saying? Like, like if, if you're going to do the hyperbole on this that so many people have done, and I think part of why the hyperbole is kept up is because it's become the cool thing to do. And if you come anywhere close to saying anything bad about this movie, people coming for you. The dude in Iceland did a review where he said that the thing he didn't like about Black Panther is he wants a superhero that beat up more bad guys. I think that is a perfectly reasonable thing for you to want from your superhero movie. It really is. Man, people are ready to kill that dude. Like, I mean, you would have thought that he would have been like, why aren't there Panthers of other colors? No, he didn't even say nothing dumb like that. He's just like, yo, I'd like to see him beat up some more bad guys. And people were hot. Dude says, Iceland, what an odd place for a Black Panther review. Dude, what you think they're not going to show that movie in Iceland? I know somebody, in fact, who lives in Iceland who's going to see the movie. Why the hell would they not review that movie? Like, come on. Like, no, there's no room. I went to go see the, to the screening with Pablo. 
And I'm so glad I went to go see that with Pablo because I needed to go see that with somebody where after we left, if we chose to discuss it, I could be perfectly honest. Because you ain't going to be able to do that with no black people. It ain't happening. Yo, like me and my brother were talking about this. We're like, yo, so what if Black Panther is bad? Are we going to tell anybody it was bad? And the answer was no. We're going to ride that lie out for as long as we got to, apparently. Because this means so much more than just being a movie. So I am out of place to a degree because to me, it will always be just a movie. Always be just a movie. I would also like to note, and in a way that I do not think will ruin anything for you, the one part that will make you a little uncomfortable is that by the time you get to the end, it becomes abundantly clear that you're like, yo, in the next movie, here come the white man. Here come the white man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, like, like, maybe part two will end in a way that makes you feel good about the state of blackness. But it ain't going to start that way. No, 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 no. I don't know nothing about cops. And I feel like I can tell you that. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. I can tell, you know? But hey, man, again, I'm not getting into anybody's fun, and I want them to be able to enjoy this movie as best as they can. But I feel like it is wild simplistic the way that people are like, well, maybe we could start our own Wakanda. Let's teach the kids. Like I gave some money to the Brooklyn NAACP because they say they want to start a program that'll help the kids learn to build their own Wakanda which sounds like a great idea, and I figure they'll find a way to do it. That'll be cool and everything else. But, yo, man, the damn movie tells you, like, what the thing is about the Wakanda. Are we just going to go somewhere and stumble, like, upon a land that has, like, literally the dopest thing in the world? Because, like, look, man, Africa... Africa got all the stuff, right? Like, we know this. The motherland. It's got everything, right? Okay, cool. But Wakanda wasn't cracking because it had all the stuff. Wakanda was cracking because it had the one thing. The stuff. That's right. The raw, uncut. Yo. How you start that? Like, has somebody been out here doing research on the land so that we could go find the place and, and be like, yo, we got it now. Yeah. Like even in the movie, the notion of what Wakanda is, is like a philosophical quandary, right? Like what Wakanda should be given what Wakanda has, what Wakanda's role is in the greater world economy and everything else. Right. All of that, all of that, nothing is simple. Nothing is simple. Y'all out here like, let's go build our own thing. What? Man, like people have taken this so many different times, so many different ways, so many different things that people have said. And man, you are going to enjoy the movie. You are, right? And I will say, 
that while I am not one of the people that's in here, like with the applause and everything else in the movie, um, I can understand to a degree how people got there. I can. I will also say, and after you've seen the movie, you will appreciate this. And if you're a comic book person, you'll appreciate this. My two favorite quasi-subtle things in the movie are, A, my man who always got on the fly suit. And B, the tribe of Q-Dogs. The whole tribe of Omega's in there. Y'all go see it and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I see what Bobody was talking about. Anyway, enjoy Black Panther. Appreciate the questions. You got no, no, my man over there talking about suit man. No, no, no. The dude in the suit, he's not suit man in that way, right? Like, he could be suit man. Yeah, he's kind of, it's a different suit man. He's not the man that makes the suits, but he's kind of suit man. Let me see. Let me see. All right, here we go. This is a nice, fun question. Who's a non-athlete at ESPN who you think could beat you in a foot race? Oh, who could beat me in a foot race? Oh, man, there's plenty of people that work at ESPN that could beat me in a foot race. The other thing you got to understand about ESPN, man, ESPN, a whole lot of people who are really, really, really into sports. ESPN also has a whole lot of people who kind of sort of wish they were athletes. And I'm not strictly talking about people on the air. I'm talking about like all the different jobs at ESPN. A lot of people at ESPN that used to play ball at wherever. They played this. They played that. Men and women. There's a lot of those, right? Like there are a lot of strong athletes. Yeah. So uh, Bijan mentioned this Joel Anderson. Joel Anderson uh, covers college football uh, now for us at ESPN. used to work at BuzzFeed. Joel was literally the fastest 10-year-old in America in 1988. Now, they don't give you very much for that, but Joel played college football at TCU. He's a running back behind LaDainian Thomas. Like this, there, there are more people like that just like around ESPN than you would think. But even beyond those dudes, man, you just got like, I mean, maybe in that gym, too. Like, they got the gym in Bristol. I've never been inside the gym in Bristol because, I mean, not really. But, yeah, 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 no, they got that gym in Bristol, man. They say they be in there going hard. Like, you stop and think about that because the professional-type dudes is in there lifting weights, too. So you know what that means, that the the, 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 the regular people is in there trying to do all that same stuff. You know it. You know it. There's a bunch of people at ESPN that could beat me in a foot race. They absolutely could. That's right. Because I ain't running. By the way, this comes up because there's a question about who would win a 100-yard dash uh, competition among all the people on Around the Horn. And Tony Reale had the audacity to say that I would finish in last. In last. Bob Ryan is sitting right there coughing. And he's telling me that I would finish in last i'm 37 years old and he's out here telling me that woody page can beat me in a race yes the disrespect the disrespect 
All right, appreciate the question. Sorry, I'm having a little problem closing out the old question so I can get to the next question. Actually, I don't think I need another question. I know what I want to talk about here. All right, so somebody shot up school uh, a few hours before we started. Uh, actually, no, here we go. Here we go. Damn, now I can't get back to the fucking question. So anyway, yeah, somebody shot up, shot up school. Um, yo, we have the same argument every single time. Like it's Groundhog Day, man. It is absolutely 100% Groundhog Day on this. It is the most frustrating thing in the world. And so, like, I was thinking about this because this hit a little different because I know somebody who lives in that town in Florida, and I was very concerned, you know, somebody with teenage kids. And so I was worried, you know, like, directly, functionally, I was ridiculously concerned, just like, yo, is everybody okay? You know? And so I had that moment from it. And then I got on Twitter, and I'm just looking at it, and I'm just like, what are we doing, man? Like, what are we doing here and so i feel like we need to kind of flip up the dialogue on this just a little bit and this is what i mean by flip up the dialogue all these cats when this happens they get out in front of the world and they like you know um it is i hate that we've lost these lives i hate that these people are dying the problem isn't that these people are dying. Like people die all the time, you know? Like the problem isn't that these people are dying. We're not here because those people died. We're not talking about it because those people died. We're talking about it because somebody killed them. And that is not, I mean, that's important. That is not the same thing. You know, so if you had like 19 kids that had died at the school, like, yeah, you'd be worried. You'd be trying to make sure it's not like no Legionnaire's disease or something like that. But if they just like passed out and died or whatever, it ain't going over like this. You know, like if that school had burned down and 19 kids died, we wouldn't be up talking about Mike. I'm just tired of these people dying. No, we're here because somebody killed them. Like we're here because somebody walked in the door of a school with an AR-15 and killed all those people. That's the part that you're really tired of. If you're really tired of, if you're really tired of something, you're tired of the fact that people keep coming out here and killing a bunch of folks at once. Now, I ain't gonna argue with you about your gun control because this is the disturbing part to me. We're at, a, we're at like what is in effect a steady state. Nobody's changing. Like we are in the place that we are in right now because this is the place that. This is where we are. So my buddy, Jim, Jim uh, Sirwicki, he writes for The New Yorker. And he made a very good point where it's just like this idea that the NRA is getting this done because everybody's in the NRA's pocket. He's like, that's that's suspect. It's like if you go and look at how much money these cats are getting from the NRA, like in most cases, it's really not that much money. Like we're talking about like $12,000, you know, like like those. And granted, you'd like somebody to cut you a check for $12,000, but 12, you can't buy nobody's soul with $12,000. You know, 
Yeah, yeah, people are like, no, it's bigger names than that. Yeah, yeah, you get up there for the bigger names. Okay, that's fine. But the votes are going through is a collection of a bunch of little names. And those people are not really, like, sworn to this. So Jim's point is what we've got here is the fact that there are a lot of people who are single-issue voters when it comes to the gun stuff. And so the NRA is able to present themselves as a group that can give you a large number or a large enough number of voters who care about this one issue. And the day that you stop caring about this one issue, we're taking these guys and they're going somewhere else. You see what I mean? So I'm just trying to figure out how that's your single issue. Like, how is that your one? Because, look, here's my thing, okay? Um, you do not, I repeat, not want a situation where the government's the only people that got the guns. You don't want that, right? I think, I mean, I think this is a basic, like, argument. You don't, you don't want that. The thing about guns is guns become important in the presence of guns. It's the same thing with a nuclear bomb. Like the only reason that you need a nuclear bomb is because somebody else got a nuclear bomb. That's it. And that's the thing about guns, right? Like you need a gun if somebody else has a gun. It's like, how's this your issue? Because if, 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 no, we do not want the government the only people to have guns, right? But I feel like, and you guys let me know if I'm tripping here, because I think I'm on to something here that hasn't been discussed that much. And this is what I think I'm on to. When the Second Amendment was drafted, yes, the government had guns. But I feel like the average man basically had access to the same level of gun technology that the government had, right? So, like, the government got bayonet. I got a bayonet. Right. The government has a musket. I have a musket. That all seem fair. Right. Like we could all get the same guns. Yo, man. You can't get to the guns the government's got now. Right. So like, no, no, no. You don't want the government to have all the guns. But if it comes down to a war between them and us. In the words of the great Andre Benjamin, they made them gas. They got some shit that'll blow out our backs from where they stay at. Yeah, 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 yeah. We ain't winning. We're not, we're not, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not, we're not winning this at all. So I understand the idea and principle about needing to have the guns. And I can understand almost in, in, in theory and principle the idea that you need to have AR-15. But if this really comes down to it, your AR-15 is not stopping the man. Like the whole reason that you're supposed to be able to have access to these guns in the first place and why it's such an inalienable right, it's not going to save you in that moment that that, that amendment exists for. Right? And this is not a political discussion. This is just simple fact. It ain't saving you there, man. It's not. You got no chance. So how is that your one issue? Right. Like, how is it that we have reached a point, a point where these schools are getting shot up and everybody's just like, oh, damn, cost of doing business? Because the argument 
that uh, the cost of freedom argument, uh, let's not get this twisted. That is an argument. Like, it, generally speaking, there is absolutely something to the idea that there is a cost of freedom. There is a cost of freedom. There is a cost of free will. You will not be able to control for every single contingency, right? You will not be able to. This is something that people do struggle to make peace with, and you see this in the way that they deal with their children. And I understand why they do that with their children, because after all, it is their children. But people do try to account for every measure of chance, and it doesn't work that way. You can't live like that. So, yeah, there is an idea, there's a thought that there's like a cost of the freedom, right? And there should be a freedom to own guns, and there is a cost to it. Fine. Let's stop looking at it that way. Because there's the guns don't kill people, people kill people argument. All right. Fine. I've seen people make the argument today that if you're crazy enough to want to kill 19 people, then no one is going to stop you from killing 19 people. Okay. Why we got so many people here that want to kill all these folks at one time? Like, if you don't want to talk about the gun part of it, that's fine. Why are we those people? Like, like, why are we those people? So Andrew's over here saying, can we just call it what it is? The U.S. has the largest guns per capita in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, you're not understanding what I'm saying right now. I'm not even talking about the quantity of guns. Like, just strictly about the quantity, because the quantity of guns is high. I'm asking about the demand for guns. I'm asking why people feel like they want all these guns. That's my question. Like, why do you want it? So, like, if the idea is I need this gun to protect my home, you only need one. Like, if you're at the point where you got to figure out how to protect your home, you ain't going to be in there. Like, you can't be out there with your gun rack like I am when it's time to put on some shoes. Like, damn, what shoes do I want today? No, you just grab a gun. You just grab a gun. So the question to me is, why is the demand so high? And if you say that the, the issue is just that, you know, okay, those people are crazy. Why we got so many crazy people, if that's what it is? So, like, if you want to shake the discussion off the guns, okay, that's fine. Bring it to why it is that we we violent, man. Like, I saw about the thing I was just talking about with Black Panther. The idea that people are saying that you need to bring eight-year-old kids to go see Black Panther. What the hell is wrong with you? Like, how are we collectively that violent? How? That's what gets me about this, man. How are we there? Look, man, I can't speak for everybody that's on this, right? Because, you know, I think there's a there's a part of this that's particular to it being at a school and involving children and that hits people um, in an understandably soft place. But, man, even if those have been grownups, like I know there's some people in here that's been through this, man, but how many of y'all had, like, had a friend get killed? Because I've had a few, you know? First person I ever knew to get shot, I was 10 years old. Dude was my guitar teacher. He was a student at uh, Prairie View. And I'll never forget, me and my mom were riding home. We heard on the radio, man, he got killed. His, uh, his girlfriend had lured him to a parking lot before work for some reason, and she killed him. She killed him. 
what the high school with a dude who got killed, but I mean, he tried to break in somebody's house. He went head first into the bedroom window and the people were in the house. I mean, I see it. Um, a couple others. And here's the thing about guns that I think get lost, man. Gun turn anybody, anybody into a killer. Ain't everybody built for that. Ain't everybody built for that. Like, let me ask you this. Like, all these cats that go and, like, shoot, like, the dude in Vegas that shot up the concert, man, that went up there, and they shot up that school. You think either of them got it in them to beat somebody to death? Like, you think either of them got it in them to walk up with their bare hands? Like, forget about whether they could win the fight. I'm saying, do you think either of those people have it in them? Like, take somebody's life with their hands? You think they got it in them to walk up to somebody with a knife? And take somebody's life. Like you think they got it in them to go and have to like look in their eyes as the life goes away. You think they got it in them to do that? Like that's a, like that's a lot to have in you. That's a lot. Like there aren't that many people who have that in them. And so, like when we have these shootings and stuff like this, hey man. How many of these people would have it in them if they didn't have a gun? Like, gun turned a sucker to a killer so fast, it's ridiculous. So fast. And the last thing we need is more killers. And again, to me, the issue here is not the dying. It's the killing. And it's just way too easy to kill somebody. It's way too easy to kill somebody. Way too easy to make, you know, do something impulsively. You don't think you want to like all that. But guns just make it way too easy to kill people. And it's a racket. Let me tell you why I say it's a racket and how I know this racket. Let me ask you a question. They in there at all these gun companies. They're doing it like they do it anywhere else at any other company, any other place that produces stuff. Right? They're doing the same thing. They're trying to figure out how to make a better gun. Because if they figure out how to make a better gun, then you're more likely to come buy another gun. If you, you know, the, the stuff that I recorded that you didn't hear was about me and going to buy a record player and thinking I was going to, like, blow the budget by getting a $1,500 record player and then getting there and finding out they actually sell record players that go up to $40,000, right? <laughs> like all the record players in the world. They always got to step up for you. And that's the thing on these guns, man. You can go in there. They're going to let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. They're going to tell you about all the new technology that they got and everything else. And when, when were guns not effective? Like, can you help me out? Like, like once they invented the, any of the joints with the clips, like, what technological advent did you need to make this gun more of a gun? But they keep making them killer machines better and better. And people who are into them keep looking up and they get the new con- you know, the new, new catalog or whatever it is. And they look what's in it. And then they go and buy more. And then this whole machine just keeps on rolling because guns are cool. Like, I shot a gun before. I see why people are into it. But what we got goes beyond just simply people insanity and everything else is that, man, we love guns in a way that other people, other places don't love guns. 
And I think part of why something that should be noticed, we got all these different places around the world that got all these additional gun restrictions. And it's like, well, why aren't we more like that? I feel like if those people in those other places love guns the way that we love guns, they wouldn't be so quick to put on the regulations for the guns that they put on. So the question that we get left with here is, why are they so important to us? Like that's just something to be asked. Why are they so important to us? And why can't why can't we engage in some level of dialogue that leads to something productive? Why can't we? Like I was sitting on Twitter. Honestly, man, by the time you hear this podcast, I mean, I'll, I'll probably still be there, but I really gave some real thought today just being like, I'm not doing this anymore. And the reason I said for gave some thought to like, we're not going to do this anymore is, man, how we arguing about a school shooting? Like, product, like, like what are we doing productive if we can't even have a discussion about a school shooting? Like, what is it? Like, what are we doing? Where are we? What are we? If we can't even talk about a shooting. Like, what are we good for? And what's the point of being on that platform if we can't do that? Like, you tell me this. If you were on Twitter after this school shooting happened, tell me one good thing Twitter did for you. Like, when it comes to the discussion, tell me one good thing it did for you. Tell me something you learned that was new. Tell me some level of enlightenment that you received. Tell me the mind that you changed. Like, tell me what level of catharsis you received. What did you get other than mad? And it feels like so much now, when it comes to having things, all we getting out of it is mad. That's it. And we want to make sure everybody know how mad we are. But all we getting out of it is mad. That's it. That's all. But what do you do? What do you do? What do you do when it ain't the time to fight? But fighting's all you got. What do you do? And that's what it feels like everything is, man. Like everything about this. Everything that surrounds us everywhere we lurk, man. All this shit's a fight. All of it's a fight. And ain't nobody winning. Everybody just losing, man. Everybody just losing. And everybody's mad. And you can't blame them for being mad. But when are we going to start feeling better? Right? When are we going to start doing better? And what tools can we employ? Because the tools that have the power to bring us together have been weaponized against us to tear us apart. And so the togetherness ultimately that you receive is really a separation from the others. Together in a little group. We need a bigger, we need a bigger together, man. We need a much bigger together. I mean, we need more than a fucking movie to get us together, right? So at what point do we stop doing stuff that don't do nothing but make us mad? I'm mad that we are not like channeling into anything productive or positive. What are we going to do? 19 kids dead. We scream the same shit at each other. We've been screaming for years. 
That's it. Nineteen kids dead. Not a single one of us has any idea like what to do. I mean, a lot of people got ideas of what they want to do, but what are we gonna do? What can we do? When are we gonna do it? And that's the single most frustrating thing about all of this. Like my best friend died when I was in college. He didn't get shot. He died. Natural causes. And I remember very quickly being resigned to the fact that there was nothing I could do about it. But that was just kind of the order of life in a lot of ways, right? There was nothing I could do about it. A friend of mine died a few years ago in Chicago and got shot. Not once did I concern myself with who did it. She was still dead. Wasn't nothing I could do about it. Like those are the things that you you just look at and after they've happened, you're like, there's nothing I can do about it. And you try to find some measure of peace with that. And there's going to be people that lost their folks in that school and they're going to have to go to the same, they come to the ultimate, that same realization that at this point, there ain't nothing they can do about it. All they can do is make the best of what happens after the fact, but there's nothing that they can do about it. When it comes to this larger issue, it's hard to say that there ain't nothing we can do about it when we ain't really done much to try. And it's like the righteous indignation, the righteous anger and everything else. Does that count as trying? Because there's room for it. There's a place for it. It's justified. It's understandable. But what are we doing? And I can't even really be mad at you necessarily for not doing nothing because I don't know what you can. I don't have an answer. I do not. I just know we crazy numb to violence. That I know. We are crazy numb to violence. Because see, when you're crazy numb to violence, you can quickly compartmentalize and be like, hey, you can't stop someone from killing. So don't try to worry about the gun stuff and everything else. It's like you almost take this as being the cost of doing business if you're numb to violence, right? Right. I want to have another gun in my house. So we just got to kind of open the door for like something like this happening. You got to be numb to violence to feel that way. You got to be. And that's maybe the scariest thing about it. And at some point, we just got to ask if this is who we are. What do you think the answer is right now? Have a good evening.